0: Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the Zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello, and welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns, and I'm the metaphysical anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. Okay, I want to jump into week two because there's a lot to cover, and if I start with generalized astro-batch research, I feel like I'm never going to get through everything. But before I get into it, I want to say two things. It's Thursday. I would prefer in the future... To have episodes out on Wednesdays, but there was work being done on my building so I couldn't record yesterday. In the future, they will be out on Wednesdays so you can catch your regular recaps on Tuesdays and then I will be there to help you extend the experience. And um, on that note, we are now, we, the Royal We, are now available on Spotify and iTunes in, under Stars and Roses podcast. So, um, that's exciting. Moving right along, I'm gonna, yeah, recap week two and the dates, etc., and drama, and then I'm going to give a couple of general Bachelor Nation updates. So, let's jump in. It is week two. It is The Moth Knockoff, hosted by Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally. And I'm gonna talk about their astrology in just a second, um... Because it's really interesting. This uh, is very similar to what happened on JoJo season with the men. They had to tell stories on stage as well. And as we know, it ended in violence. So, by that very, very low bar, this evening was a success. And uh, like I said, it was facilitated by Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally, and they are a Cancer and a Scorpio, respectively. So she's a Scorpio, and fun fact, she's 12 years older than Nick, and I think (laughs) the older woman, Allure, was in the air. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Scorpio and Cancer are a cool match, and it's a cool match for comedy because they both have a real interesting relationship with vulnerability, and comedy is a great defense mechanism a.k.a. shell, that they can show the world and hide behind. And I think Cancer and Scorpio both yearn and search for a soulmate who they can be, who, who are they, the keeper of the secret self. You know, they see them without the mask, without the shell. And so that's a lovely, um, poignant love match for a comedic, power couple, and a great match to host the evening. Some contestants did really well, right? Elise did really well. And um, Elise got back to me this week very kindly about her birthday. She was one of the cast Astro Mysteries. She is a Leo, and it should be obvious by how confidently she embodied... Uh, the stories she told, how uh, comfortable she was in the spotlight. She's a makeup artist. And like, a lot of my Leo friends are total makeup mavens. And she has a great head of hair, which is kind of a stereotype of Leo's, but I find it holds up. And, um, you know, in her one-on-one time, With Colton, she made a big deal out of, like, self-identifying as a cougar, and I have in my notes, Elise, you are not a cougar, you are a lioness, and I think she even has, like, this husky kind of purring voice, this vocal quality, and, um, I like her, I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm on her team, and, uh, she's like a, she gives me, like, J-Lo, um, Leo vibes, like just getting better and better and better and better with age and just like a very uh, confident, sexy vibe, spirit. Leo and Aquarius are opposite signs, and often that means well, a lot of uh, opposite signs in Bachelor Nation go on to have success, like Taurus and Scorpio, Sean Lowe and Catherine, and um, Tia is also a Leo, who is Colton's last paramour, Um, so that's an interesting, um, that's a a match that has some interesting potential, and Elise is the only Leo in the cast, so we'll see where that goes. Um, For other, other memorable moments in this date, um, Onyeka and Catherine seem like they're putting their, uh, Gemini-Sagittarius rivalry on, like, a real nice simmer, hoping it'll just, like, power them straight on through to paradise, um, we'll see, there are some other rivalries a Bruin. uh, Nicole was pretty funny, I thought, and I would love to hear Tracy's full uncensored and uncut story. I have, uh, I have a thing for stories about sex and punching in college. That's a true thing about me. Um, for Demi, um, I have in my notes, didn't do the assignment, which is true, but you know, you gotta hand it to her. She also didn't like, read off a piece of paper, trembling, and, you know, she, she went for it. I appreciate that. I have very little patience for contestants that, um, cop out, I guess, and I, um, you know, at least Demi did something, and I, you know, I think she's kind of trying to be the Corinne, and I don't I wish she would just try to be the Demi. Maybe she'll um, settle in to her own flavor of villainy. That's what I would like to see from her. Um, And she's, she's becoming the target of a lot of what I like to call the petty policing, which is something that starts happening very early in the season, and it's when contestants are sort of like surveilling each other, and bringing up all of these rules that <laughs> seem to be being created in real time that are supposed to, like, govern the show. And that has to do with, like, decorum, dress, how much time they spend with a con- with the lead and how they get it, um, behavior on dates. Um, I remember Brit from Chris' soul season being, who's also an Aquarius, by the way, being a real target of that kind of petty, petty policing, um, of the kind that like is real, really jumping out of Tracy, you know, this like, oh, you're not allowed to touch the rose. Like I could see if she had like carried the rose off, but like, I I don't know. I feel like there are enough, there are enough arbitrary bullshit rules that are changed in Ben at any moment, according to the whims of the power that be, that, like, when contestants start making them up, like, when little Alex on JoJo's season, like, got up in Derek's face about, um, a pity rose, like, all of a sudden JoJo's not allowed to give a rose for reassurance, you know? It's just not, like, why? You know? Shit's bad enough. Um... He and Hannah G feel like they're already in a relationship. I don't know if anyone else felt that, but I got that like immediately when they sat down. It felt like they were kind of picking up somewhere that I don't get from other contestants. And um, Elise gets the rose, obviously, and Nicole feels... You know, she's. it's hard to be vulnerable. And she had opened up about her family. Um, but I, I'd like to see Nicole stick around. I think she's pretty... I, I like that she has uh, a sense of humor, but she also has a serious side. And she seems to balance them really, really well. So then, of course, there's the solo date with Alabama Hannah. I'll be honest, I was already sick of Alabama Hannah, so I was not stoked on watching the solo date go down between the two of them, but after watching that, sitting through that, I feel for her, and I feel closer to her. Like, um, a lot of what happened really resonated with me, you know, she had that smile, um, just that that smile. Like the more pain she was feeling and awkwardness, the bigger she smiled. And um, Hannah B is a Libra, and what she who she kept reminding me of. And I feel like Libras, like Virgos, get a bad rap for being very critical and wanting everything to be perfect and having control issues. And Libras is also kind of have that in a different way. They're pe- they're real big people pleasers. They want harmony. I think Virgos want efficiency or they want, yeah, something akin to efficiency. And I think Libras are more after something akin to harmony. And you could tell she's just like going kind of haywire. Um, so... Yeah, it reminded me a lot, actually, of one of my favorite movie stars, uh, Esther Williams, who, uh, A, is from, like, the 50s. She's from the golden era of the studio system. And she was in all of these movie musicals, um, but she, she was a swimmer, and so she would do synchronized swimming routines and she would also do these beautiful routines where she would like be floating around and swimming in a tank and like holding her breath for really long periods of time and she had this like radiant smile on her face the whole time like being weighed down by mirrors in her swimsuit and like basically crown sewn into her head and a makeup covered face, then covered in Vaseline to waterproof of it. And that smile, like that smiling through the pain. Um, and she's a Leo with, uh, yeah, with a Libra moon and a Libra ascendant. And that, that is really what I was feeling, um, and feeling for with, um, with Hannah B. And, um, you know, Colton impressed me. He is a pretty generous. I think so far, I feel like he's a pretty generous bachelor in a way that some bachelors have not been. Like, I thought Ben Higgins was a pretty generous bachelor, you know, and uh, I think some bachelors really don't want to pri- like. <laughs> They really just want to focus on their own feelings. Like, I don't think Chris Soules was a very generous bachelor, by contrast. And, like, of course, on the, like, extreme end of this spectrum, you have Juan Pablo, right? Um, and uh, she, well, about, so for halfway through the date, her personality was, it's my birthday, <laughs> September 23rd, uh, and Roll Tide. Um, and then she just, like, gushed out all over the place. And I just, hearing people who are eight years younger than me talking about purity, like, purity and um, anxiety and sexuality is really interesting. Uh, Maybe I'm in, like, a bubble, but I always feel like younger people are so much more, like, comfortable with kink and with consent and safer sex and, like, having those conversations openly. And so it's really interesting to see the other, like, the pendulum just totally swung the opposite, sorry, direction. Um, and with that, I'm going to move on to the giant camp, in, camp group date, um, which included Alex B, Nina, Katie, Caitlin, Kirpa, who, shout out Kirpa, one, got back to me about her birthday, two, is a Capricorn, so happy early birthday Kirpa, um, Courtney, Sydney, Caitlin, and Heather, I th- think that's everyone, they are playing camp bachelor, the Red Rover gave me some flashbacks to childhood trauma. Camp, when you're an awkward kid, you know, camp is... It's, like, dirty and socially awkward. And usually I only want to experience one of those at a time. If, like, ideally. um, So it's pretty clear that Colton likes Katie her aries she's got that she's got that intensity and that competitiveness and like her package even um her opening package where she's like working out and doing that thing with the ropes and i just can see them like <laughs> on opposite ends of those ropes and maybe someone's jump roping in between them i don't know i feel like they um have some chemistry and of course becca was also an aries um and i feel like Cassie, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mixing her up with like Annie or one of the other myriad blondes in the cast. But I felt like Cassie was getting this edit where she was like the listener in every convo scene. Um, but more on Cassie later. Um, he seems to really respond to Heather. Um, which is funny because he also really responded to Elise. So it's like, in Elise, he really responds to her uh, maturity and her, like, confidence through experience and her kind of lack of shame, right? And in Heather, he... I mean, I guess it's sort of the same. It's sort of an owning of yourself. Um, but he responds to her, like, innocence and her kind of um, commitment, I guess. And... Um, I wonder if that's, like, a function of his Libra moon, that he's sort of, like, attracted to different things and different people. And, um, of course, Heather gets, uh, Heather gets the rose for never being kissed. And then, of course, we're gonna have this bananas cocktail party because half the women on that giant date went home. So they have had no one-on-one time. It's brilliant, really. So it, like, sets up this whole, um, dichotomy, or dynamic, where um, they're st- things are starting to ratchet up in terms of drama. And, oh, uh, I have... Katie looks beautiful in my notes. That's just a side. I guess that's just a one-off. Um, so the cocktail party features Demi, like, setting up some, some pretty weird generational shit. Demi, you know, what I'll say about Demi, A, is... I think she's really trying to be Corinne, and I just wish that she would be the best version of herself as a villain. The other thing I'll say is she's setting up some really weird generational shit. Um, she's Her Pluto is in Sagittarius because she was born after January 1995. Yep, and... Um, so she's she's part of the Pluto and Sagittarius club, which also includes Kaylin, Cassie, Courtney, Hannah G, Heather, Nina, and maybe a maybe a couple of other contestants that I haven't figured out yet. Of course, Pluto and Scorpio gang includes Tracy, Katie, Hannah B, Elise. Catherine, Caitlin, and Bree, and Colton. And uh, Pluto, it moves really slowly, and we discovered it very recently, so we haven't really experienced, like, we don't have a lot of documented experience about it transiting through the signs, um, or what the, you know, generational Pluto, natal Pluto... Means, but it's interesting to think about them being semi sextile They're sort of this fun, which means they're next to each other. It's a function of um, algebra, like the the angle, degree of the angle between them, and that often means that there's kind of a fundamental lack of understanding, um, and also that the that the like Sagittarius now Pluto and Sagittarius is responding to Scorpio before it, Scorpio preceding it. Um, and, yeah, um, I'm interested to see where that goes, if anywhere. Um, I really liked that Courtney, who's a Gemini, opened up and got really earnest. I loved her, like, ice, was it, like, ice lavender dress? It was really beautiful, too. Um, Sydney... (laughs) Uh, again, uh, was framing this whole experience as like whether it's worth the sacrifice of quitting her job. Very Capricorn. So that she and Kirpa are the two, Kirpa, Sudik, are the two Capricorns. Um, Onyika is, uh, that Gemini that always needs attention. Uh, says she was feeling horny. I love a good pun. What can I say? Um, and then Sydney got the trade up bang on, and now it's a Fellini film. Tra-la-la-la-la. Um, Alex B., who, as we know, is gone now. Gone too soon. Alex B. got better. Healed up. Uh, got her voice back. She had really goofy energy. Like, she didn't get a lot of screen time this time around, but I felt like she was, like... I don't know, yeah, I, I really, uh... Felt like she had kind of a um, like a snort laugh and and some really other endearing qualities and uh, well you gotta love a pet rescuer you know so uh, Alex B hopefully we'll see you sometime soon one one way or another um Demi's in a robe and here's more petty policing you know um Demi clearly loves being called rude and mean. Like when Tracy (laughs) calls her rude and mean, I feel like Debbie was like, oh yeah, pour it on me. And um, she does say something kind of nice to Tracy, but the inflection was so robotic that it was very hard to take seriously. Um, And I can't really tell if that's just her, if that's her like performative persona on the show that she's like producing herself with. But um yeah, so that's the Demi and Tracy rivalry has been established. The Sydney and Onyeka rivalry has been established. The Onyeka and Catherine aggro rivalry has been established. So we'll see uh where all of those go. And of course um, in addition to Alex B, we also said goodbye to Angelique Bye, Angelique the Aries. We say goodbye to Annie the Aquarius. And Erica McNutt. Oh, bye, McNutt. She might also show up in Paradise. I got early early Paradise bet on her. Um, and apparently I miss this, I guess, but I think she he asked her if she wanted kids, and she was like, no, nah, I just want a bunch of dogs. And, uh, whoops. Beep, 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 gone but not forgotten. Um, so, whew, that was a marathon. I feel like I got through that as fast as I could. We're setting up some cool stuff for next week, and then, um, I think, I don't think next week we're gonna leave, but I think the week after that we're gonna leave the mansion. Uh, so with that, uh, I want to give you some Bachelor Nation Astro updates. Okay, first things first, a correction. I had said last week that Jade of Jade and Tanner was a Scorpio, and that is incorrect. For future reference, if you're looking up a semi-famous person's birthday on the internet, check three sites, because a lot of sites will publish incorrect information, and you should just get, yeah, confirmation. So that's what I did, and it turns out she's born December 19th, which makes her a Sagittarius, which actually tracks. We haven't really thought about it since she was on Chris' soul season a million years ago. But um, it is interesting, like, when he went home to her hometown and her dad and brothers were like, oh yeah, Jade's a wild spirit, pony, stallion, you know. And um, and she had to make that big reveal <laughs> to him and everything. And so it's interesting that, yeah, she has that Sagittarius kind of wanderer quality. She, she grew up in a small town, moved to LA to make her fortune. She went on reality TV. Um, makes sense. And, uh, Tanner is a Taurus with a Gemini Mars, which explains the snark. I'm working on his Mercury. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to make a correction. And uh, if you ever hear me say something wrong, let me know on uh, Instagram, Stars and Roses Podcast. You can send me a message. If I have a sign wrong, I would love to know better. If I have like a birth year wrong or something, please, please let me know. Uh, Moving on. I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Colton's, uh, Colton the Aquarius, and uh, like a kind of update on predictions for front runners in light of ongoing research and knowledge. Um, the last Aquarius Bachelor, for some context, was Jake Pavelka, and his season was called On the Wings of Love. And um, it's a special season for me because it, um, introduced me and, and the world to um, Gia Alamond who went on to be in two seasons of Bachelor Pad which was the spinoff that preceded Bachelor in Paradise and um, Gia died by suicide a few years ago and um, she was just an angel and I consider her to be Bachelor Nation's guardian angel and um, I haven't done her astrology, um, but I would really love to get into her birth chart at some point because I just thought she was a lovely, lovely human. And Jake, um, ended up with Vienna Girardi. It was an early example for me of a villain winning the season. Um, the next time that happened would be when Courtney won Ben Flash next season, um, And Vienna is a Gemini. And that relationship, for those who are unaware, exploded. It crashed and burned in a very, very ugly way. And they did a breakup interview by the pool of the mansion with Chris Harrison. It's available on YouTube, and it's really uncomfortable to watch. It is... Uh, it's a look behind the curtain at a deeply toxic dynamic, uh, and weirdly they would go on to star together again in Bachelor Pad season, God, I guess it's two, um, which was Gia's second season, um, of Bachelor Pad as well. And, um, the... Uh, The reason I'm bringing this up is that the runner-up was this woman, Tenley, um, who uh, also went on to Bachelor Pad and then was on season one of Bachelor in Paradise. Tenley was like a Disney princess. She's from Oregon, um, my home state, and my home away from home state, and she is a Taurus. And um, interestingly enough... Rachel Lindsay, who was the Bachelorette, uh, is also a Taurus and she ended up engaged to Brian Absalo, who's an Aquarius. And, um, Aquarius and Taurus are not a match that I would necessarily think of, uh, at, and it's not like a conventionally, um, considered match for Aquarius, but uh, I made a new friend on the internet this week, Magda, um, Instagram user Chromags, who uh, reached out to me to talk Batch to talk Astro Batch, um, and that's like why I'm doing this. Um, I have <laughs> through my Bachelor fandom and making art about the Bachelor, I have met so many very cool people. Who share my interests? So, um, if you're out there and you want to ch- and you want to talk, I would love to talk to you. I would love to shoot the shit. And um, anyway, Magda and I were chatting about um, potential matches, and she was like, "What about Taurus?" And she was she was sort of talking about this this theory um, that's in a in a book that she recommended to me about how we search out in another sort of what. ...we don't have in ourselves. So a lot of conventional um, synastry talks about like air signs, understanding other air signs. But there is another school of thought or other schools of thought that say like, oh, but you're trying to um, find people that complement you. And in that case, um, it has some potential to work. And as we're seeing in um, Bachelor Nation, um, it has precedent. And I don't necessarily think so there's two Tauruses in the cast this season, Brie and Cassie. And I don't think Brie is gonna go all the way, but um it really makes me think that Cassie um it makes it makes me reconsider Cassie as a front runner. Um, not least of which because I think she's getting a real quote unquote wifey edit. And like I said earlier, it seemed like she was kind of a sympathetic listener in a lot of kind of confessional convos that were happening in the episode tonight. Um, and also um, I'm really bad at picking winners of this show because usually the the contestants that I find compelling are not <laughs> the same. Uh, the Bachelor and I don't have the same taste. Um, so the very fact that I totally overlooked Cassie as a front runner means that she's probably Um, gonna go really far. So um, thanks to Magda. And before I forget, I just want to, on the topic of rivalries, of course, of course, before I forget, they are setting up a pageant queen showdown. I wonder if it's gonna be the two-on-one, y'all! Okay, this, I love this for so many reasons. Not least of which because it feels like this distant echo of the RuPaul's Drag Race rivalry between Alyssa Edwards and Coco Montrese, right? Right? Like I love the idea that the bachelor is it's like this trickle down of of uh pop culture collective consciousness through the filter of picket fence middle America. I don't even know. It's beautiful. And it's got um, pageant drama, and it's got um, Pluto drama. Caelan is, uh, like I said, Pluto and Scorpio. I'm sorry, Pluto and Sagittarius. And Hannah B. is Pluto and Scorpio. So there's that. It's Libra and Scorpio dynamic. And I always like to think about like Gwyneth Paltrow, the Libra... Next to, like, Winona Ryder, the Scorpio? And, like, w- which one would you want to, on your side in a fight? <laughs> um, so, uh, with that, I will meet you back here next Wednesday. And until then, you can find me at Stars and Roses underscore podcast on Instagram and uh, eventually on Twitter. I promise I want to get in the mix. I'm just letting this unfold organically and try not to push it because we have three seasons this year and uh, by the time we get to Paradise... Uh, I want to be firing on all four cylinders. So that said, if you love astrology and The Bachelor, I would love to talk Astro Batch with you. Come find me on Instagram. You can find this podcast on Spotify and iTunes and Buzzsprout. So until next week, thank you again for being on this journey with me, and I can't wait to see where it goes.